0: Today on the Davy Sloan Show, I talk about the unconstitutional administration ruling over our everyday lives. In news headlines, I give some scary t- statistics about social media and what we can do to solve it. Also, and in my humble opinion, I talk about Christmas music. All this and more on the Davy Sloan Show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If the last 18 months has taught us anything, is that we live in a fundamentally lawless country. We have laws, certainly lots of them, more laws than any other nation has ever had in history. These days, new bills are all like war and peace, both because they are over 1000 pages and because nobody has ever read them. Our problem is not a scarcity of laws, but that our fundamental foundational legal document, our supreme law of the land is simply ignored by those in power. We are governed by the political whims of politicians and bureaucrats. And those politicians and bureaucrats recognize no greater law above themselves. The Constitution is, after all, just a document. It is not a deity with the supernatural ability to enforce itself. Those in power must choose to heed it. If they do not, then it becomes like a figurehead, our own version of the royal family. Quaint and historical and interesting, but functionally useless. We can scream, that's unconstitutional, all we want, but the people in power simply shrug their shoulders and respond, yeah, so what? And they go about their business. That is almost literally what the White House said this week when the CDC extended its eviction moratorium for another two months. The moratorium was initially put in place last September when the CDC stood upon its mighty perch on Mount Olympus and declared that property owners are not allowed to evict delinquent tenants from their properties. The CDC, of course, has absolutely no authority whatsoever to put these kinds of measures in place. If you look at the CDC's website and read its mission statement, it says, quote, CDC works 24-7 to protect America from health, safety, and security threats, both foreign and in the U.S., whether disease start at home or abroad, are chronic or acute, curable or preventable, human error or deliberate attack. CDC fights disease and support communities and citizens to do the same, end quote. They are clearly doing a very bad job at all of that, but you'll notice that even in their own description of themselves, they do not say anything about housing policy. When the policy expired this past weekend, President Biden initially admitted that the executive branch does not have the constitutional authority to extend it. The Supreme court had already ruled on the subject and reached the same conclusion. And yet only hours after Biden said he couldn't do it, he did it anyway. The moratorium was extended on a quote limited basis. We're told, except that it still applied to 90% of the population. That's what counts as limited in the federal government's greedy eyes to recap. The president of the United States is engaging in an unconstitutional power grab, and he admits as much. He is far from the first president to act outside the scope of his authority, but few have been so forthright about it. Once again, the message is, yeah, this is unconstitutional. What are you going to do about it? Well, we know who isn't going to do anything about it. Republicans. Republicans have had very, very little to say about one of the most egregious abuses of the executive power we have ever ever seen in modern times. The CDC has assumed the ability to write legislation and has removed property rights from millions of Americans in the process. And our trusty conservatives in quotes in the Republican party can hardly be bothered to whisper an objection. Perhaps if this was happening in Cuba or the middle East, then the Republicans would be a little bit more upset. The rights of actual Americans seem not to be a major priority of either party. One other note about this issue, we are told that we must set the law, the constitution and basic property rights on fire, all for the sake of renters who allegedly can't pay their rent. Yet those renters live in a country with millions and millions of open jobs and have collectively received billions of dollars in assistance already just in the past year. If they haven't paid their rent in the past 12 months, it's because they have chosen not to, they have chosen to steal in other words with the comfort of knowing the federal government will assist them in the appropriation of someone else's property. As for the landlords, though they are painted as some shadowy group of evil land barons, the fact is that a great number of them are middle-class individual investors. They are experienced real suffering and hardship, which has been caused not by a virus or any act of God, but by conspiracy of mooching tenants and an oppressive out of control government, which recognizes no law outside of itself and no limit except its own imagination. Now on to our news headlines. In today's news headlines, I'm not gonna give so much headlines as I'm gonna give some scary statistics about social media. I said I would talk about this in my next episode and I didn't want it to be the main point of my episode today because of the CDC's moratorium that I talked about before, but this is a very important thing. All right, 210 million people are estimated to suffer from internet and social media addictions. Teens who spend five hours a day on their phones are two times more likely to show depressive symptoms. That's teens who spend five hours or more. The average teen spends nine hours on their phone a day. Social media addiction doesn't just affect behavior during the day. It even damages the people's ability to sleep. A study found that 71% of Americans sleep with or next to a mobile device. Some 47 million people in America do not get enough sleep, and 55% more teens were sleep deprived in 2015, and this is six years ago, than in 1991. 55% more teens were sleep deprived. Exposure to screens before bed is a large factor in sleep disorders. 35% of people using phones less than average experience sleep difficulty, compared to 42% of those with an average or above average phone usage. If prolonged exposure to screens wasn't bad enough for people's sleep, social media addictions are making it even harder for people to get a good night's sleep. 45% of people check social media instead of sleeping. And roughly 10% of teens check their phones more than 10 times per night. 90% of drivers admit to using smartphones behind the wheel. 90% of those respondents, 50% reportedly use their smartphones to check social media. So 50% of the time, whenever someone's not paying attention on the road and you almost get to a car crash, they almost hit you because they're not looking, they're looking down at their phones. 50% of the time is because they're checking social media. The center for disease control prevention reports that each day, nine people are killed and more than 1,000 people are injured as a result of smartphone use while driving. The fact is the time would be better spent throughout your life, not on social media, not on your phone. And this is because social media and being on your phone, it is it ostracizes you from the real world. And we can talk about how it takes you away from the real world and friends. But the truth is, even in the political spectrum, you have people that are on social media, they only follow the people who they believe it with, they do not have discussions with people of the of the opposite belief. And this becomes into an echo chamber of so, and so on social media. The truth is, The reason america is so radicalized whether it's the right or the left the reason we're so radicalized when we believe that we're right and we're the only opinion that matters because on social media we only talk with and converse with people who believe the same that we are we're involved in group chats we respond to people's messages that believe just like we are if we were to talk with people of the opposite opinion if we were to have discussions with the opposite opinion we would find that their arguments do make sense whether we believe them to be right or to be wrong their arguments do make sense and so having this echo chamber on social media of people we only agree with it only results in the radicalization of america so how do we fix this well one obviously you got to watch your screen time i i fall prey to this all the time i watch my screen time and it's like four or five hours a day it's ridiculous four or five hours a day that could be spent working out could be spent reading could be spent you learning a musical instrument could be spent with my friends with my girlfriend with my family it doesn't matter what it is, four to five hours a day on social media is a lot. On your phone is a lot. And that's not even close to the average. The average, like I said before, is nine hours a day is the average teen, and I'm a teenager. And that's that's crazy, there's so much that could be done. There's so many teens who don't have jobs that spend nine hours a day on their phone and talk about how they can't make money, how they can't get jobs. If they would just get off their phone for four hours out of those nine hours and only spend five hours on their phone, they could get a part-time job and make part-time wage. So, number one is to watch your screen time. Number two, if you are a content consumer, I'd say to get off the mainstream apps. Because the mainstream apps are designed TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all these mainstream social media apps are designed to get you addicted. And this is even more so with like apps like TikTok and Instagram, where more consumers are young people and teenagers. So if you're a content consumer, if you just scroll through it endlessly and mindlessly and consume all the content that other people are putting out, I would say to get off these mainstream apps. Now you can still have social media, but get on apps like Rumble, like Telegram and all these other apps that aren't designed to make you addicted. Now if you're a content consumer, get off the mainstream apps. If you're a content creator, I would say stay on the on the mainstream apps because you're the one sharing truth open up to who you follow. For example, I follow Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Instagram. And a lot of people would say don't follow her because she's putting out dumb ideas. And she's a waste of a follow and you don't want to boost her followers or whatever. But I would say, follow people who don't agree like you or agree opposite of you. So you can learn their arguments, learn what they're saying, and either be persuaded in their way and realize that they're right. Or if you already know What they're going to say whenever they're arguing with you when whether they're they're debating with you then you're going to know how to rebuttal their argument so i say open up to who you follow so don't be an echo chamber like i said before now on to in my humble opinion so i recently did a poll on my social media account talking about social media yes i am on social media and i did a poll on my social media asking if people did christmas in july and not surprisingly a large majority of people do celebrate Christmas in July so today in my humble opinion I'm going to be controversial today in my humble opinion I believe that we should not bring out Christmas movies Christmas music Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving Day why is this this can kind of take our focus away from if you're listening to Christmas music in October early November it can take the focus away from Thanksgiving. I know we're nowhere near Thanksgiving, but we just passed Christmas in July. A lot of people were watching Christmas movies, listening to Christmas music, and it can kind of take the focus away from the time that you're in. If you're in November, the time to focus on is Thanksgiving, giving thanks, going back to the pilgrims, the tradition we've had, giving thanks for what you have. Now you can always give thanks at any time, but especially during Thanksgiving. And if you're listening to Christmas music and already bringing out Christmas decorations and watching Christmas movies, I think it's taking away from the wonder that is Thanksgiving. However, that being said, in July, I did watch Christmas movies, I did listen to Christmas music. So I am a hypocrite of my own opinion. So, in my humble opinion, we should wait until after Thanksgiving to listen to Christmas music, watch Christmas movies, bring out Christmas decorations. However, just yesterday I was listening to Christmas music, so I am a hypocrite of my own opinion. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is The Davey Sloan Show.